Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey into Oratory. I'm your host, Dan Wiley. The 13th century Persian mystic Rumi said, everyone has been made for some particular work and the desire for that work has been put in every heart. Do we, you and me, come to this dimension with a predetermined purpose or mission? This question may not be literally ubiquitous, but it's pretty darn close. I typed discovering your purpose into Amazon's search bar. It returned over 1,000 titles. But before we could answer the question, however, we should address the presumptions implied in the question. Those being, we are either self-aware before birth or a supreme deity preloaded us with a purpose. Now, some may say purpose is a byproduct of life that grows organically like an arm or a leg does. Well, maybe. For shamanism and the major religions of the Far East, the presumption is clear. They believe in reincarnation. So, of course, they are self-aware before birth. Incidentally, this belief in reincarnation represents a major chunk of the global population. For us in the West, the presumption is not as clear-cut. Most Westerners are closely aligned with societies, philosophies, and religions that reject the notion of reincarnation. Consequently, they don't believe consciousness precedes birth. Rather, it is divinely infused sometime between conception and birth. Therefore, in large part, we Westerners have adopted the tenets of religions that believe in a monotheistic God, in which Christian principles dictate the general purpose of humanity not the specific purpose of the individual soul. So before we Westerners can answer the question for ourselves, we must disentangle our beliefs from that of our institutions, or at a minimum, identify those tenets we've adopted to be true without any conscious scrutiny as to their validity, then decide, do we still hold them to be true? As I'll discuss in a minute, the first step in discovering our purpose is understanding our philosophy of life. Whether or not we realize it, we have a guiding philosophy for life. I was born into a Catholic family, went to Catholic schools for 13 years, and was a practicing Catholic for many more. Did I choose to be Catholic after analyzing and cross-referencing all the tenets and beliefs of, say, 10 other religions? Of course not. My parents made me Catholic. Their parents made them Catholics. And they came from a country, Ireland, where almost everyone was Catholic. And this lineage went back to the 5th century. Baptists, Lutherans, Calvinists, Pentecostals all have similar stories. For a long time, we in the West have adopted a collective purpose as defined by our religion. As Amazon reveals, increasingly, people are yearning to discover their specific mission. During this podcast, I'll use purpose, mission, calling, duty, all interchangeably. After we sort out our beliefs and have answered the question of individual purpose in the affirmative, this then begs a much more intriguing question. What is my purpose? The good news is that that question has been pondered for millennia and some great minds have provided clues, roadmaps, and methods so that each of us can definitively answer that question. As I've just mentioned, the first step in the discovery process is understanding our personal philosophy of life. 
What good does it do to know our purpose when we don't have the belief system that will allow us to live it? We all have a framework on how we believe the world works. And more importantly, we have all established parameters for ourselves as they relate to our ambitions, desires, gifts, talents, capacities, and capabilities, and how they interface with the world at large. Have we set any artificial ceilings with respect to income, career choice, promotability, acceptability, etc.? Have we adopted any stereotypes which preclude us from joining the ranks of any given profession? Do we believe we were meant to live in a certain neighborhood, a type of house, or drive a certain model of car? For many people, this will require a conscious examination of beliefs that were heretofore unconscious. We may be holding beliefs about ourselves that preclude us from pursuing our stated mission. Let's take a look at an example. A young man whose only serious career dream in life is to become a college professor. But he hails from a family of manual laborers. His dad, his brothers, his uncles, his grandfathers all work with their hands. They love their work. They are good at it and they are darn proud of it. Trade school maybe, but college, no way. It was never part of the equation for the males in his family. Now this may have never been articulated or even discussed, but our young man holds a steadfast belief that he is meant to do manual labor. That's all he's ever known. This belief thwarts his dream of becoming a college professor. We all hold a complex set of beliefs and adhere to customs, traditions, and rituals which create our own unique blueprint for reality. As we move through life, every subsequent goal, ambition, desire, and dream are filtered through this blueprint. If these aspirations are within the parameters we have set in our blueprint, they will most certainly be attained. If not, they will be rejected. And this is often done at an unconscious level where an insidious plan of self-sabotage is hatched. Many of us are working with faulty or obsolete blueprints. If our young friend is to realize his dream of becoming a college professor, he'll need to change his internal beliefs about men and manual labor in his family. Once we are crystal clear in what our blueprints contain, we can begin the work of reconciling any discrepancy between our core beliefs and what we understand our missions to be. Of course this is much easier said than done, but the prize is well worth the effort. In the second phase, we can begin the fun work of discovery. In my inaugural podcast, I introduced Earl Nightingale's concept of goal and river people. So I won't rehash that here. But please listen to that podcast if you haven't. It relates directly to what we're doing here. Suffice to say, river people have found their mission in life. I have a gentle disagreement with Nightingale in that I think we are all river people. Some rafting rapturously with the flow, others temporarily caught in mud flats. If you are among the latter looking to join the former, you have many signposts to help show you the way. Think of discovering your purpose like completing a puzzle, one in which only you can make the pieces fit. Let's look at how we can develop the pieces. I'm going to list a series of questions. No need to write them down. You can find them at my blog, thespiritualsideofsuccess.blog. 
but please take some time over the next few days, preferably, to really think these questions through and you might want to record your answers. Long before you selected your current line of work as a child, what did you dream of becoming when you grew up? If you had more than one dream job, what did they have in common? In your current job or business, what aspects do they have in common with your dream job? What part or aspects of your current job do you relish the most? What activities have you enjoyed doing since you were just a child? What activities did you do when you were young but no longer do and miss terribly? What are your natural talents and abilities? What skills have you developed? What subjects or topics can you study and never become bored of? List a few or several things you must experience, accomplish, or become before you die. And why? What are the common compliments you get from people of different disciplines or levels of society? Here's an example. Both your hairdresser and boss think you're a great writer. What comes easily to you? Numbers, computer skills, data analysis? If money were of no concern, what would you do for a living? What when done and done well makes you feel exceptionally proud? When you fail or come up short in some project or endeavor and you're mortified, what was that activity? Because it really matters to you. Who are the people in your life, historical or otherwise, for whom you have an abiding admiration? What specifically do you admire about them? What do you want your obituary to say about you? Ideally, what epitaph will be written on your tombstone? Who are the people you secretly admire or admire despite your best effort not to do so? What specifically do you admire about them? Your answer to these questions effectively create the pieces to your purpose puzzle. Then it's just a matter of fitting them into place. When analyzing your dream jobs from the perspective of your childhood, search deep and wide for unifying themes. As children, before societies and cultures exerted their influence, our imaginations were exquisitely vivid and directly representative of our true purpose in life. For instance, take a young girl who at first wanted to be a professional soccer player. As she got a little older, this changed. She wanted to be a stage actress, then a trial lawyer. We have three quite different career choices with seemingly little in common. Beneath the surface, however, there is an immensely powerful driving force. We can say with some certainty that this girl, now a woman, has a penchant for performance, as all three jobs require performing at some level. As she works her purpose puzzle, this may be a border piece. After identifying the people you admire most, you will notice a few attributes they all share. Guess what? You too possess those attributes, at least in latent form. In large part, this is why you admire the people you do. They are reflecting back to you values, skills, and talents that you highly prize and that you most likely own, although they are often lingering below your conscious awareness. 
As the immortal Emerson wrote, a few anecdotes, a few traits of character, manners, face, a few incidents have an emphasis in your memory out of all proportion to their apparent significance if you measure them by ordinary standards. They relate to your gift. Let them have their weight. Taking seriously this puzzle exercise can provide you with invaluable insights into your own psyche. Initially, it is highly unlikely you'll be able to say with any specificity, my purpose is fill in the blank. But you will have begun a process, one that will put you in hot pursuit of your mission. Once on this trail, it will be virtually impossible to give up the search. You will have awakened dimensions of your being previously unknown that will demand attention, point you in new directions, and offer you higher perspectives involving the events of your life. The entire exercise can be likened to a submersible well pump searching for new groundwater wells. Somewhere deep down in the well of your own mind, you know your mission. It's just a matter of bringing it up. I'll remind you once again of what pioneering psychologist Abraham Maslow wrote. A musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write, if they are to be ultimately at peace with themselves. What humans can do, they must do. Your purpose may lay dormant or just meander a while, but ultimately it will roar like rapids if not provided an outlet. It will thrust so hard as to breach multiple levees of your life which could result in addiction, relationship problems, boredom, and disease. Ignore it long enough and you risk total levy failure and your life will be overrun by the deluge. Living on purpose does not have to be grandiose. We can certainly draw inspiration from the likes of Albert Schweitzer, the Peace Pilgrim of Mother Teresa, but one's calling could be to keep the grounds of a cemetery, another to write computer code, and yet another still to teach shuffle dancing. While it often does, one's occupation need not include their purpose. Equally true to their mission is the woman who provides around-the-clock care for an invalid relative, or the person who rescues and cares for abused animals after work. Having a purpose is not exclusive to the painters, the missionaries, or the troubadours. We each have a role to play. It comes down to a simple yet profound formula. Use your natural talents, skills, and abilities in the service of others. And in proportion to what we give the world, the world will give back to us. But the world's puzzle can't be completed until you fill in your piece. For my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from that safe harbor, catch the trade winds. We're on the move now. We are excited to announce the launch of an odyssey into oratory from speaker to spellbinder. This new dynamic and interactive speech training program was created specifically for the changing world we find ourselves in. In a business career spanning 40 years, from bagging groceries all the way to the executive suite, Dan has attended and delivered several hundred presentations and speeches. Throughout his odyssey, he has completed several prestigious executive speech programs. He is a four-time graduate of the Dale Carnegie course and a decades-long Toastmaster. But most of all, he is a lifetime student of the great orators, past and present. In combining his years of experience, study, and training, he has distilled and synthesized these lessons to create an online seven-week training course. While this course can benefit anyone looking to acquire or improve their public speaking skills, it was designed specifically for those working in a corporate or entrepreneurial environment. 
With his vast experience in the marketplace, Dan's students will receive insights and communication strategies that are not offered in the traditional speech training program. It is an integrated course in that it includes many other components of personal development that will transform good speakers into spellbinders. For more information on how to enroll in Dan's course, From Speaker to Spellbinder, contact us at anodysseyintooratory at gmail.com. Additionally, you can find Dan's blog at spiritualsideofsuccess.blog.